We thank you, Father, and we bless you for your word, O oh God. We thank you, the Lord, you are here to speak to us. We pray that the entrance of your words will bring light and understanding unto us that our lives will never be the same again. The Lord, you will transform our lives and change our lives by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. And so we are continuing. Um, it's not a series, but a season of praising God and honoring God and adoring God and lifting God up on high. One thing that, that we can easily do in life is to lose sight of the things that God does in our lives. It is very easy as you go through life that you forget about the things that God has done for you when you get to a place of satisfaction. You know, you can get to a place in life where everything seems to be working for you and things are going on well. When you turn to your left, it's good. When you turn to your right, it's amazing. And in those seasons, it's very easy to forget about God, to lose sight of the things that God is doing in your life. It is even more difficult and, and, and I mean, to remember the things God has done for you when you are going through a season of suffering. When you're going through that moment when nothing is working for you, it is so easy to forget about God. I've heard of people who have had amazing breakthroughs. They were believing God for a job and, and, and God did something wonderful for them. They got a very good job, well-paying job. And then the next time you ask them, why aren't you in church? Oh, right now the work is, it's, Pastor, you wait. You wait. We will be coming. The work is... And, and, and they seem to forget that God is the one that has been at work in their lives through the moment of suffering and brought them to the place of comfort. And so it is very easy also to forget that when you are going through that moment of struggle and things begin to work out, that all the while you were going through the moments of struggle and you came to the place where things were working out, it was God who was actually working things together for you. You know you can come to a place and you think that it is because I did this that things are working for me. And you forget that, oh, when you were not doing anything, God was actually orchestrating things in your favor. And one of the things that is so common is to see believers lose sight of the things that God has done in their lives for one reason or the other. But God's desire is that no matter the season we go through in life, we will never forget about what he has done for us. And that is why today I'm going to speak to you on what I've titled, Forget Not. Turn to your neighbor and tell the person, Forget Not. Turn to another neighbor and tell the person, Forget Not. There was someone I wanted to say forget and say for guilt. So you can tell your neighbor for guilt not. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want us to turn our Bibles to Psalm 103 verse 1 to 2. Psalm 103 verse 1 to 2. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits hallelujah this is one of the very popular psalms immediately i started reading some of you started quoting it bless the lord of my soul it has almost become like a cliche bless the lord of my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name now it is very important for us to understand what david was saying when he said bless the lord oh my soul 
In fact, the word bless that David employs here is, is a very interesting Hebrew word that means to kneel. And when, when he's saying bless the Lord and, and the understanding is to kneel, you see, when I'm kneeling before someone, what I'm doing is that I'm acknowledging the person's superiority to mine. And I'm saying that your honor is far greater than my honor. So I, I submit my honor to yours and I acknowledge that you are better and bigger than myself. So he says that, bless the Lord, O my soul. And the understanding is that when I come before God, I acknowledge that God is far greater than myself and far greater than whatever is happening in my life. And so I exalt him and honor him as such. Now, this word kneel, this word that is translated bless, also is an act of adoration unto God. In other words, it means that you admire God so much, you love God so much, you are so into God, and you are saying that nothing else will distract my attention from God. This word actually gives us the understanding of, of saluting God or saluting someone. So when he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, it is actually a salutation. I, I salute you. And you know, when he say, I salute you, me, you're, you're probably telling the person that, tell you what you have done, and I salute you. What you have done is, is, so, is, so, is so wonderful. It is not ordinary. I salute you. So when David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, he's saying that, Lord, I, I want my soul to praise God. Because the things that God has done, I salute him. Now, the understanding of this phrase, bless the Lord, is the acknowledgement of what God has done in your life and to the extent that you attribute it to him alone. So, God can use human beings in your life, but when you are coming to the place of blessing God, you say, God, I thank you that you used this person, but I know you are the one who did it. God, God, I thank you that you have blessed my mind with intelligence and, and that is why I could figure this out and that's why I could do that. But, but it's not me, it is you. That God, I thank you for the ideas that you've given to me. Without the ideas, I wouldn't have been able to undertake this building project or undertake this business venture. And, and, and so Lord, I know I'm the one that people are seeing, but, but I acknowledge that it is not me, it is you. So when David says, bless the Lord, it is the acknowledgement that everything that is happening in my life, that is a blessing, that is good. It is not because of something I have done. It is not because of something someone else has done. It is because God is at work in my life. Now, David is very intentional when he says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Because the, the translation of the word Lord is the word Jehovah which is talking about the self-existent God. In fact, this word means the one who is the covenant-keeping God. He makes the covenant and he keeps the covenant. So when David says, bless the Lord, what he's saying is that I am not referring to any other God. I'm referring to the God who has made a covenant with me and stands by his covenant in my life, regardless of the seasons of life that I go through. So no matter what, phase of life I find myself, I can bless God because his covenant does not change when my circumstance changes. Some of you did not get that. So he says, bless the Lord because this God is the one who made the heavens and the earth. He exists by himself. So we can't wake up one day and hear that God, God has been killed by someone. No, no. There will not be any breaking news that God died today. So 
because God died, what he promised you yesterday will not come to pass. And that is what David is saying. David is saying that I can bless the Lord. I can command my soul to bless the Lord because this God, he exists by himself. And there's no factor that can change his existence or change his nature. And so my hope and my trust is absolute in him. And I can know that at all times I can give him praise because I know that he will not change and his word will not change concerning my life. If I was someone, I would say a big amen. Now, let's try to understand this, this text very well. The, the, the first thing that we see is that David is giving instructions to his soul to bless the Lord. And, and it is an indication that David wants to be conscious about how his soul responds to the things of God. Now, David is not saying, I will bless the Lord. He has already said that in Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise. No, but this one, he says, my soul, bless the Lord. In other words, I'm giving an instruction to my soul. And, and, and the soul here is referring to the inner part of David, the inner part of the human being, that which makes you live, that which makes you have emotions, that which makes you respond to people, that which makes you make choices. It, it is what makes you feel angry and makes you feel sad, your soul. It is what makes you feel excited one moment and the next moment, we don't know whether it's the same person. It is your soul. And David is saying that the realm of the soul is such that the soul is affected by everything that is happening around it. And so if something good happens, the soul gets excited. If something bad happens, the soul gets down. The soul makes choices based on the external activities that are happening around. And David says, if I am going to follow this soul, then I can't praise God the way I'm supposed to praise God because when something bad happens, my soul responds in the negative. When something good happens, my soul becomes excited. But I am going to instruct my soul and condition it that no matter what happens, it will be in one position. And that position, default position is that anything that happens, bless the Lord. Oh, some of you did not get that. He says that, look, I am positioning my soul in a way that the default setting of my, foe, my, my soul is that what? Anything that happens, bless the Lord. Anything that happens in life, bless the Lord. Oh yeah, you don't have money, bless the Lord. You have money, bless the Lord. The marriage is not going well, bless the Lord. The marriage is going well, bless the Lord. I mean, they, they disappointed you last week. Bless the Lord. They appointed you this week. Bless the Lord. It is what? A default position. They, have you realized that you have phone settings that are, they say, this is a default setting. It is already set in a way. You don't have to touch it. And, and he's saying that my soul, I am instructing my soul to acknowledge the fact that God is at work in my life and that God is the greatest influence in my life and so it should be in one position. And that is why the next statement he says, and all that is within me blesses holy name. Because if my soul has a position of blessing God, no matter what is happening in my life, then every part of my being will respond. Have you, have you realized that sometimes you wake up and you are not in the mood for anything? You are simply not in the mood for anything. And, and that is the soul. You, you can be going to bed and then you hear something and your, your soul will process it whilst you are asleep. You wake up and then and your moods are in the direction of what you heard before you slept. 
But he says that if I can condition my soul in the place where it can bless God, then everything that is within me will bless his holy name. The second thing that we see David doing is that David gives a further instruction to his soul. He says, forget not all his benefits. Because David knows that the only way my soul can be conditioned to bless the Lord, regardless of the circumstance, is when my soul gets to the place where it will not forget the things that God has done. So he says that, soul, I'm instructing you, bless the Lord. But if you are going to do that successfully, then you must not forget what? His benefits. Now, what, 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 what David is saying is that I want you to be in a God-blessing position. And so you must remember and be able to outline the things that he has done for you and give him praise for them. Now, let, let me just chip in there so that it, it becomes more practical. I remember uh, somewhere just a couple of weeks ago, my wife did something and then I can't even remember the thing because it's gone. But she did something and then I was not amused at all. Then all of a sudden, I started remembering some good things she had done. And I was like, ah, this is not the way she usually behaves. Or this is not the way she usually does things. I, I started remembering every good thing in that same, I mean, circumstances that were similar to that particular circumstance, which acted that way. And I said, ah, if, if all the other circumstances she's been able to do the right things, then this is just an outlier. So, Emmanuel, forget about it. Don't make a case out of it. You know, it became so real and so practical to me that in that moment, I could have made a very big deal of the situation, but I started remembering all the good things she has done in similar situations, and I said, this one is an outlier. And, and David is saying that the only way your soul can acknowledge to bless God in every circumstance is when you remember the good things that God has done, so that when you are going through a bad season, you can remember that it's not because God wants you to go through a bad season. It's only because God is working another good thing in your life life. I didn't hear some people saying amen. If you can remember the good things, then the bad thing is not significant anymore. Then I can praise God. Then when I'm going through the fire, I can praise God. I'm going through the waters, I can praise God. And that is why the Hebrew boy said that, oh king, be it known unto you. He says, our God will save us. But be it known to you, even if our God does not save us, we will not bow down. Because the Hebrew boys had realized that, look, God has done too many things that if this one time he decides not to do anything, we will not stop serving him. <laughs> and, and God never fails. God never withdraws his services. No, you never have a, a, a time where God will send you a message and say, I've withdrawn my service. No. God is constant. So David says, forget not. When he says forget not, he says, don't fail to keep in mind the things that God has done. Don't lose sight of the things that God has done. Be constantly conscious. Be aware of the things that God has done. In fact, what David is saying that give attention to the things that God does in your life. So, beloved, your marriage might not be going well, but remember that God has done many other things in other areas of your life. Your schooling might not be going well, but remember the things that God has done in every other area of your life. 
Your job might not be going well, but remember every other thing that God has done in every area. of You know what we do? We put a magnifying glass on one problem in our lives, and it becomes so big that we forget all the many other things around. How many of you have used a magnifying glass before? When you magnify something, you realize that your whole focus is on the object that you are magnifying. There can be another bigger object by you, but because the magnifying glass is on that small thing, you forget that there's another bigger thing here. And he's saying that, no, 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 you've got to shift the focus and begin to magnify the things that God has done in your life, and you realize that the problem in your life becomes very small and insignificant and you can praise God and say God I praise you yesterday there was something that was just happening to me I ran into my mind believing God for something and and it's kept long and it's not coming then all of a sudden I looked at my family I looked at the two little girls and how they were just running around and so excited and I looked at my wife and I said I said to myself Lord I thank you for my family I I, I don't know how many people have a family like this where the girls can run around and come to daddy and and just be screaming all around and get excited I was like God I thank you all of a sudden my mind shifted from what I was thinking about which was a burden to me and my mind was on the goodness of God in my life if you can only recount the things that God is doing in your life you can see that it's far bigger and far greater and much mightier than the things that you are encountering in your life so this very moment let me give you 30 seconds begin to thank God for one thing in your life that he is doing in this moment one thing that he has done just in recent weeks just lift up your you can you can look back and see that God has done something in your life you can look back and see how great God has been you can look back and see how magnificent God has been you can look back and see how gracious the Lord has been you know God has even been merciful to some of us the things that you didn't deserve he actually caused them to happen in your life what a mighty God we praise you Lord hallelujah wow bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the Lord oh my soul and what forget not all his benefits before we take a look at the list of benefits that David gives Let's go into the New Testament to see a very interesting story there. I like this story very much. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 19. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 19. The Bible says, Now it happened, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Hallelujah. Now, now this, this passage really is an interesting passage because Luke, who is writing, is giving certain interesting details about what is happening. And the very first statement is, 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 is one that catches my attention so much. The Bible says that Jesus was going to Jerusalem and he passed through Samaria and Galilee. 
Now, if you read this, you just ignore it and go, ah, what has Jesus going, passing through Samaria and Galilee got to do with my life? How, how does it affect me? Now, now, I want you to look at the text very well. The Bible says that as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now, when, when it, it caught my attention, so I began to research to, to try to see why Jesus was going to Jerusalem and look around. He passed through Samaria and Galilee. Now, Jesus was a man of purpose. He knew everything. He knew what he had to do. And so when Jesus sets his mind that he's going to Jerusalem, it means there's something happening in Jerusalem. And that is why he's going. Now, as a man of purpose, why would Jesus be going to Jerusalem and make a stop in Samaria and Galilee? So I decided to look at the map of Israel in those days. And I realized that, really, if you are going to Jerusalem, from Judea, you pass through Samaria, and you pass through Galilee. So, I, I mean... It's like I'm going to Tamale from Accra. And if someone tells you that Emmanuel was going to Tamale from Accra and he passed through Kumasi and passed through Sunyani, you say, ah, but that is normal. You, you pass through Kumasi and pass through Sunyani. So I looked at the text very well and I realized Luke was not just telling us that Jesus was passing through Samaria and Galilee. He was actually telling us that on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus decided to make a stop in Samaria and Galilee. And, and, and let's look at the reason why he makes a stop. And you see, he is interrupting his itinerary. And I can imagine a disciple like Aram asking, Jesus, you said we are going to Jerusalem. Why have we stopped in Samaria? And why have we stopped in Galilee? And I can imagine another disciple like my sister who is so focused on the goal that what are we doing here? It is affecting our itinerary. We have a structure. We have a system. It has to work this way. And, and, and I can imagine what is running through the minds of these disciples. But the next verse reveals to us why Jesus made a stop. The Bible says, Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. So, really, Jesus was going to Jerusalem. But for the sake of the ten lepers, Jesus decided to make a stop so he could meet the needs of the ten lepers. So, Jesus is having a reason to go to Jerusalem, but he interrupts his shadow for the sake of ten people. I don't know how many times in your life God has interrupted something for your sake. Oh, some of you do not catch that. That sometimes God interrupts certain things. For, you, are not in the, you are not in the shadow. You, you were not part of the plan. But God interrupted the plan. And before he could get to your neighbor to do the miracle for your neighbor, he passed by your house and caused a mini miracle in your life before getting to the neighbor's house. And that is how sometimes God works in our lives. Sometimes he just stops by your house to, to dispense his mercies in your life. These lepers did not deserve it. As a matter of fact, they were lepers. The Bible says that, I mean, if you're a leper in those days, you had to stand afar off. And the Bible says they stood afar off and cried to Jesus because you couldn't mingle with the people. But Jesus was like, I'm going to Jerusalem. Do you think that there weren't lepers in Jerusalem? There were lepers in Jerusalem. And if Jesus wanted to heal lepers, he could just go to Jerusalem and heal lepers there. 
But Jesus wanted to dispense his mercy. And so he made a stop in Samaria and Galilee. And he entered a certain village. And as he entered that certain village, he met these lepers and redefined their lives. Another time we saw in John chapter 4 how Jesus was going to Jerusalem again. And the Bible says he needed to go through Samaria. But look at what. It was because there was a Samaritan woman who had married five people and the sixth person he was living with was not the husband. But Jesus wanted to change something about her life. So the Bible says he needed to pass through Samaria. Sometimes God is going to do something in your life that you don't expect. And it is only because he wants to dispense his message in your life. So today I declare into your life, even before I go on with the message, that what you are not expecting, that by virtue of the grace of God in the house this morning, that God will pass by your own house and dispense his mercy in your life and cause to you what you don't expect to happen in your life. You didn't shout a big amen. So this, these lepers shouted, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They recognized that they did not deserve it, but they recognized that it would only take the mercies of God to change their situation. I don't know which of you have been a place in your life where you realize that it will only take the mercy of God to change something in your life. Oh yeah, the doctors tell you that as for this, nothing can be done about it. You realize that this one will only take the mercies of God. Oh yes. Another friend tells you that, oh, this situation, I've gone through it before. There's no way it will work for you. And you realize that it will only take what? The mercies of God. You are at a very tight moment. Your, your landlord is asking for your rent. Your business landlord is asking for your rent. <laughs> your child's school are asking for the school fees. Like, God, this one, it will only take what? Your mercy. So these lepers were asking for the mercies of Jesus in their lives. Then look at what Jesus tells them. He tells them that go and show yourself to the priest. This is another very interesting statement that Luke brings. Now, if, if I was a leper and I told Jesus that, have mercy on me, do you know what I would have expected? At least I've heard of Jesus healing people. I, I swear that Jesus would say, come, be healed, be healed, be healed. You are all healed. Go home. But Jesus told them that go show yourself to the priest. If you understand the background, then you can really understand why Jesus said go show yourself to the priest. Now in those days, when you were a leper and then you got healed, or you got, the, the leprosy was no longer there. According to the law of Moses, it was a requirement for you to go to the priest. And then the priest would examine you to see whether the leprosy is really gone or not. And when the priest examines you and sees that the leprosy is gone, they give an offering and then they declare you fit to be part of the society. Because the priest has to declare you fit so other people can accept you into the society. Now, when Jesus told the people, the ten lepers, go show yourself to the priest, what he was telling them is that, you, you guys, you are the reason why I came here. And as long as I have stepped here and my presence is here, the healing has already taken place. Go and show yourself to the priest. I don't know, but today you might have come here with a problem. This is not my main message, but you might have come here with a problem and, and you didn't know how it will work out, but Jesus says his presence is here. And because his presence is here, just go. It is done. Oh, it's only one or two people who receive this. He says that go show yourself to the priest because the healing has what already 
taking place. And that is how sometimes God works. You know, sometimes you come to church and you've not even prayed about anything, but by the time we finish the time of worship and adoration, and by the time the word of God goes, you go back and then there's something amazing happening in your life. It is the presence of Jesus. I remember last year, during the Feast of Tabernacles, when I went to the headquarters to preach, and then and, and, and I was speaking, and then we started worshiping God and adoring God and blessing God, not knowing that there was someone in the congregation who had to pay the child's school fees the next day. They had already reopened, and she didn't know how it was going to happen. And when we just began to lift God and exalt God and bless the name of God and adore God, no one touched anyone, no one prophesied to anyone, we just exalted God. Just when she went back to her seat, because she came to the front to kneel down to just worship whilst we were worshiping. She said she went back to her seat before the service. She saw a notification on her phone. It was Momo notification that could pay the school fees and buy other things for the child. See, sometimes it is just a matter that Jesus' presence is there. And it sorts the issue out. And it solves the problem. And he says that, go, go, just go and show yourself to the priest. And sometimes in life, you have been waiting for a certain breakthrough for a very long time. And you have even forgotten that you are waiting for a breakthrough. <laughs> I don't know how many of you have been in that place here. You have prayed about something for a very long You have asked God. Now you are tired. You, you stop asking God. Like It's like, God, this one, let's, it's forgotten. Let's go to another prayer topic. Maybe this one, you don't want to do anything about it. Let's just leave it there and go to another topic. There are times in our lives like that where it looks like something is a forgotten prayer topic. You have gotten so used to it. These lepers, I'm sure that, oh, we are condemned. We are lepers forever. Nothing will happen. I, I know where they were. They were in a certain village. They didn't even mention the name of the village. So their case was so hopeless. Yet, that forgotten situation was a situation that Jesus had met. Now, I'm, I'm taking it somewhere. So they are seeing the power of God. And they could also say that I have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In the day they least expected, they saw the power of God. And so today I declare into your own life that in the day you least expect, you will see the power of God at work in your life. And now it is taking us to our message proper. Something happened next. The Bible says one of them, when he saw that he was healed, so it means that the moment Jesus told them that go and show yourself to the priest, the healing started taking place. The healing actually took place. So the Bible says that one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. It's a full passage. So all of them received healing because Jesus gave the word. But the Bible says one of them returned with a loud voice. I can almost picture this person. It's like we are going. Jesus says we should go. And as we are going, all of a sudden my hands begin to open up. And, 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 and I see all the leprosy going. It's like, wow, I can't imagine. Everything is going. And the others are still going to see the priest. And this guy returns. The Bible says he returns and he cries with a loud voice and says, Jesus, wow, the miracle has happened. You know, sometimes we pray so loud about something, and when it comes to praising God about the very things that we prayed loud about that he has answered, oh, Father, I thank you. 
Have you realized you prayed and trusted God for something, a, a financial breakthrough? Then you received a notification on your phone that some money had been deposited in your account. But the night before, you were pacing up and down and praying, God, I need it, God, I need it. And then when the Momo breakthrough came or the account breakthrough came, you looked at it and just smiled. Has it happened to someone before? Oh, I, I have an unholy church here. <laughs> Has it happened to someone? You, you just look at it and like you smile. Oh, then the, the, the next they say, Oh, thank you, Jesus. And when they see you smile, you just smile. But the Bible says this guy came back and cried with a loud voice. Because the first time they cried with a loud voice, they said, Jesus, save us. Now that the breakthrough has come, he says that if the breakthrough has come, then I'm going to cry with a louder voice and say, God, I glorify you for what you have done. You know, today, I want to tell you that the same energy with which you pray, asking God to do something in your life, when the thing is done in your life, you should use the same energy to go before God, giving him praise, giving him thanks, adoring him. If you went to the field every day on the park and you were praying every day for one week and people thought you were a mad woman, when the breakthrough comes, go back to the field on that same park and praise God every single day for one week and let people think that you are crazy. They cried with a loud voice for healing. He cried with a loud voice to praise God. He acknowledged what God had done in his life and he realized that the most appropriate response was that of thanksgiving and praising unto God. So the most appropriate response from us to God when God does amazing things in our lives is what? Praise and thanksgiving to him. Not party. Not, not putting on your WhatsApp status, uh, this weekend is going to be a blast. No, it is declaring the goodness of God for what he has done. And if David was in this situation, David would have said the same word, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Because the Bible says the guy fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Wow. He didn't only cry. Oh. He didn't only cry aloud and say, Jesus, you have done it. The Bible says he fell down on his feet. He fell down at his feet and gave him what? Thanks. So the guy went and like, Jesus. Didn't you read about Barak? The meaning of Barak was kneel. He says, Jesus, you have done it. I can't, I can't. You see, I'm trying to picture this guy who is so full of gratitude before Jesus. And like, Jesus, you have done it. And what he's saying is that previously I couldn't come before you. I stood afar and I cried for your mercy. But now you have done it. So I, what, what would I do? I am coming before you to give you praise and to give you thanks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. When you didn't have a car, you're complaining that I can't come to church. Sometimes it's difficult. Pastor, it's difficult to come to you. Now that you have a car, drive the car and come to church and praise God. Oh, am I preaching to someone? You don't want to hear this one. The guy stood afar off to cry for a solution. When the solution came, he went closer. Oh, Pastor, I didn't have a job. So sometimes I don't even have money to come to church for offering. Now God has given you a job. Move yourself and come to the house of the Lord and bless God. You see, it's so interesting that we forget the things that God does for us very easily when God does them. Because we are so problem focused that when God has solved one problem, we are thinking about the next problem. Instead of thinking about the immediate solution that God brought and begin to give him praise for it. I don't know what was running through the minds of the other nine. 
Now, Jesus asked a very important question. He says that, where are the nine? I don't know whether you are part of the one or you are part of the nine this morning. Jesus said, where are the nine? Now, let me read the passage very well. The Bible says, so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? So Jesus is confirming that all of the ten were healed. All of the ten received their breakthrough. All of the ten received their miracle. All of the ten were met at their need. But he says, that, where are the nine? It is only one that came back. And put, Luke puts it like this way, that he was a Samaritan. Now, when you read that statement, he was a Samaritan. Luke is trying to tell us something. That the other nine were Jews. The one that was not part of God's family, rather came back to praise God. And sometimes it's so funny because those of us who are in church, who are so used to the things that God is doing, when God does something for us again, we, it's so difficult to remember that God has done it. But someone who is outside church, God does something for the person and the person is so full of praise, the person starts coming to church even the days we don't have service because they value the things that, you see, we become so familiar with the God that we are serving that when he does things in our lives, we think it's normal. We think it's normal and we forget. Then the person outside there, the person goes for a crusade. The person is not born again. He goes for a crusade and God touches him and does something in his life. The person is so full of everyone in the area will know that something has happened in his life. But for us, when we go for the same crusade and God does something in our lives, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Is it to forget immediately after the breakthrough? No, no, no. The ten were healed. They, they were all healed and they were good. And I can see that amongst the ten, when the one was returning, the ten were not blind. They could see the one was returning. They could see the one was returning to the master to give praise. Yet they were still going. And I read one biblical commentary. He put it in a very funny way. They all went to show the, themselves to the priest and went to their various homes. <laughs> they cried to the Lord. He did it. But they forgot that it's the Lord that did it. I, I don't know what the other nine will go and say in their houses. Maybe one of them will go and, and, go and brag and say, Charlie, when Jesus was coming, eh, do you know what I did to get his attention? I learned there's a Nigerian proverb that says that unless the lion is alive to tell a story, the hunter's story is always true. <laughs> so you just go and say, oh, do you know what I did? I, I, without my hands, my hands were like this, but I, I managed to take something for Jesus. And when I took it for Jesus, those are like, You know, it's funny. In the house of the Lord, we give very interesting testimonies. Oh, no, no. Sometimes people give testimony, and there is, there is one, three quarters of the, the testimony is not, it's not true. No, no. God, let me, let me give you a statement here. God does not need your help to exaggerate what he has done in your life. No, God does not need your help. So, I, I, I just brought this in. But look at what Jesus says. He says, were there not found, were there not any found, who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Except this foreigner. And he said to him, 
Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. It's the thing, there's something about giving thanks and praise to God. It's the fact that when you have praised him for what he has already done, he is going to confirm it and even do something bigger than what he did in your life. Because anytime we lift the Lord up, you know, there's something about God. God likes attention. Oh, some of you did not get that. He likes, you know, if you want to know how much God likes attention, just look at the woman. Hmm. Husband, see, have you realized you can give your wife all the attention? She still tells you, you have, not, you have not minded me. Yeah. God likes attention. God likes to be praised. You know, you can see God in all of creation. You see, when a child does something and then you praise the child, have you realized the child is all over the place trying to do things for you? Like, Daddy, can I help you? Because you just made the child's head big. And, and that's how God is. When we praise God and when we exalt God for the things that he has done, God's head gets swollen, literally. And he gets so excited and then he begins to disperse because he's a very generous God. So you know, there are some things in God's pocket. The moment you begin to make him happy, he's like, okay, Charlie, catch this. Take this. My, my little sister likes doing that to my father. She knows, she's the one that knows how to get my father to take things for, for her. So sometimes when I, I say, Debbie, you know this deal, you are the one who's going to do it. Because you see, when you know how to draw God's attention, you know how to get him to release things into your life without struggle. There are people who don't, who don't pray night and day, crying and doing all things because they know how to catch God's attention. And so God does it. So this guy glorifies God and he says, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now from this statement, we see that Jesus Christ was telling us something. He expressed concern about the forgetfulness of others in giving glory back to God. So God is concerned when we forget to give glory to him. Jesus was very concerned about it. That's like, where are the nine? It shows us that he expected that those who belong to his family will be the first to acknowledge his goodness. And that's what God is expecting. That those of us who belong to his, his family will be what? The first to acknowledge his goodness. He expressed satisfaction as a response to the praise he received. So God gets satisfied and pleased when our praise rises to him. Now, now let's end this with the remaining of Psalm 103, verse 3 to 5. He says, who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Look, God wants us to remember the things that he has done for us. God doesn't want us to forget. He wants us to constantly appreciate his goodness. And, and that's why he says, forget not all his benefits. And he begins to list them. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Can I ask some questions? Have you been forgiven of your sins by God? Or can I hear some people? Have you been forgiven of your sins by God? Then let me tell you, forget not. Have you been healed of your various sicknesses? Then forget not. Has your life been redeemed from destruction? Oh, many times. Then forget not. Have you been crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies? Oh, then forget not. Has your mouth been satisfied with good things? Then forget not. Has God done amazing things in your life? 
then forget not. Has God met your needs in times past? Then forget not. Forget not all his benefits. Look around you right now and you will see how good God has been to you. Even right now, as you are sitting in this auditorium, just look around you. You see how good God has been to you. Just you, you look at your dress and value it. Just cost your, your dress and your shoe and your makeup and your lipstick <laughs> and your hairdo. I don't want to go to the hairdo. The women. If we put all the women's hairdo together in this room, we'll buy a land. Sometimes I make a joke and I say that if we calculate for 10 years all the hairdressing monies that women have spent, oh, Prospero, we'll build a man, we'll build a city. <laughs> we'll build a city. We'll put it, we, I mean, they, they do the hairstyle and it's costing 500 Ghana cities and then one week they tell you that you meet the person and like, oh, when you changed your hairstyle last week. Oh, pastor, I'm tired of it. You want the person where to spend five. So just look around you. And you can see that when you put everything together that you are having just right now in this room, God has been good to you. Yeah, yeah. When you put everything together on you right now, it can be someone's salary for the month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you can see God has been good to you. When you go back to your house, I, I want to give you an assignment because you are saying forget not his benefits. When you go back to your house, just remember when you moved into the house and look at now. Look at the things you have now compared to when you moved to the house. You see God has been good to you. Yeah. You will see God has been good to you. Look at your life a year ago when COVID hit this country so hard. It was hitting the whole world by haters. And you didn't know how this year will turn out. And yet you and I are in July 2021 and you are sitting here smiling and excited. You can see that God has been good to you. Forget not all his benefits. 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 God has done things for us. He has done amazing things for us. He has done good things for us. Yesterday, it was funny. I met a certain guy who came to work in our house a year ago. And then I was holding Na. And you know, I made a very interesting statement. I told, I told Na that, look, when this guy came to work in our house, you are not in this world. I just remembered that I had another, I've got another benefit one year on. I didn't have Na a year ago. We went to the theater and God gave us a safe delivery in the midst of all the complications. I won't forget his benefits. You can look back and see that God has been good to you. So this morning, you are going to rise to your feet and you are not going to forget his benefits. In the few minutes that we have, you are going to recount the goodness of God. You are going to recount the mercies of God. You are going to recount the faithfulness of God. You are going to recount the loving kindness of God. And you can join with David and say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Lift up your voice and begin to recount the goodness of God. Lift up your voice and begin to recount the mercies of God. Lift up your voice and begin to recount the faithfulness of God. The things that he has done. The many things that, the many times that you sinned against him and he forgave you. The times that you were sick and even just before you thought of going to the hospital, you just prayed and you experienced the healing power of God. Oh, lift up your voice and begin to thank God. Lift up your voice and thank God. He has satisfied our mouth with good things. He has, he has crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He has redeemed our lives from destruction. 